Good evening. It's good to see everyone back out with us tonight. I hope you all enjoyed your afternoon, were able to get some rest, and are ready to once again worship God together. It's great to see you all this evening. Jeremy began our lesson this morning as he laid out and discussed the first two of the armors of God that we read about in Ephesians chapter 6. But really, this was a continuation of a series of lessons that has been going on since the beginning of January. When Kevin introduced the theme for the first trimester of the year, Soldiers of Christ. And we've talked about over the last several months about the ways in which we are engaged in warfare. And just to recap that real briefly, Kevin introduced this to us on January the 8th. And since then, we have had lessons about the spiritual warfare that we are engaged in. We've had a lesson on who we are fighting and the enemy that we face on the battlefield. Jeremy presented a lesson on the importance of standing strong. And then this morning, part one of the armor of God, and this evening we will cover part two. And there are still two lessons in this series to come in April. Uh, we'll be bringing a lesson on being watchful and praying in continuation here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 18. And then finally, towards the end of April, a lesson on victory that will wrap up our theme for this trimester. Now, I don't know about you, but this has been a very impactful theme for me over the past several months. Just being able to focus as a congregation in the way that we pray, in the way that we sing, the lessons that are presented, really focusing in on the battle that we're engaged in as Christians. But what has been more impactful to me perhaps than that is the recognition and the deeper understanding that I've gleaned in the way that God has equipped us for that battle. It is a battle in that we are facing an enemy, one who is coming after us. But it is a battle that we know how it ends. Jesus is victorious. He has defeated Satan. And if we are God's, we are guaranteed. That's the language that Paul uses in Ephesians chapter 1. We are guaranteed in the protection of God if we remain true to him. There are no surprise endings coming in this battle. And it's because God has fully equipped us. He has prepared us in every way for the battle that we are facing while on this earth. And so we're going to continue this evening in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to talk about the remainder of this picture that Paul is painting for us in regards to the armor of God. So I want to read this with you. We're going to pick up in verse number 14, uh, where, G- where Jeremy uh, talked this morning, and read down through verse 17, and then we'll dive into this together. Beginning in verse number 14 of Ephesians chapter 6. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith which, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You know, as I was preparing for this and thinking about this lesson over the past week, there was something that kept coming to my mind that really 
began to bring this to life for me. Think about where Paul was when he wrote Ephesians. He was in custody. He was a prisoner. He was being guarded by Roman soldiers. I have to wonder if day in and day out, as Paul saw these Roman guards walking back and forth, checking on him, checking on some of the other prisoners, and he would see them walking about in their Roman attire, walking about with their sandals strapped to their feet, walking about with a girdle around their waist, a sword sheathed at their side, perhaps a helmet at the ready in case they were called upon. And Paul, seeing that day in and day out, began to recognize the spiritual application in the way that God has equipped him as a soldier. Recognizing that all of that beautiful, shiny armor that the Roman guards may have been wearing, they were adequate for the job that they were given to do. But the armor that God had given Paul far exceeded anything that they could put on. Because the job that Paul was called to do, the battle that he was engaged in, the same battle that you and I are engaged in, is far more important than any physical battle that may take place. And as such, the armor that is worn is far more important because of the consequences that can be seen and felt in its absence. Another thing that stood out to me as I was thinking about this, and Jeremy talked a little bit about this this morning, is how Paul begins to frame the battle that we are engaged in and the need for the armor. Jeremy pointed out that several times in this section of Scripture, language about standing firm or withstanding or stand is used. I think that's important when we think about the armor that we are to put on. It's important when we think about the battle that we are engaged in. And it's important when we think about the outcome of that battle. You see, Jesus has already defeated Satan. That battle has been fought, and Jesus was and is victorious. We are not called upon to advance on Satan. As as children of God, as a child of Christ, I share in his victory. I have been saved. My sins have been washed away. Now it's my job to defend what I have. And that is where the armor comes into play in Ephesians chapter 6. Because Satan is coming after me. He's coming after me. I'm being called to defend what Jesus has already won for me. And so when we think about the armor that we're going to talk about this evening, I want you to keep that in mind. That we are standing as victors in Christ, as heirs of His. We are called upon to defend that to the very end. 
to stand firm, to withstand the fiery darts that are brought up here in Ephesians chapter 6. This is a passage that is meant and intended to equip us and to prepare us to defend it. So with that in mind, I want to pick up where Jeremy left off in verse number 15. And we're going to talk uh, about, first of all, shodding our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, depending on your translation, it may read slightly differently. The ESV will say the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And there are a couple of different translations, very slight differences there. But, but clearly the idea being that we are called upon to put on shoes, to put on footwear that represents the preparation of the gospel of peace, the readiness of the gospel of peace. I want you to think for just a moment about the importance of the footwear that we put on. If you are a runner, for instance, and you go out to run, and you're going to run on pavement, or you're going to run on concrete, you may put on one type of running shoes for that. If you go run on trails, you may put on a different type of running shoes for that terrain. And if you go to play basketball, you're going to even put on a different type of shoes, because it's a different type of movement and a different type of surface that you're going to be running on. And any other sport or activity that you may do, the, the footwear that we have is adjusted depending on what we're going to be doing and the terrain that we're going to be on. Because we realize just how important that is. It can keep us from injury. It can protect us. It can help us move freely in whatever arena we're in. But I think what's really interesting is this idea, as Paul connects this to the gospel he realizes that the footwear that we're going to put on prepares us in the gospel of peace. If I go running and I have the right shoes on, that provides comfort to me because I know that I am prepared for what I'm about to do and the terrain that I'm going to be on. However, if I went running wearing the shoes that I have on tonight... I would be worried about that. I would be worried that I would slip. I would be worried that I would turn an ankle. I would constantly be nervous about falling and injuring myself. Our shoes can provide comfort to us because they prepare us for what we're going to be doing. And if we are adequately prepared for what we are going to be doing, it brings about peace. The spiritual connection, hopefully, is obvious. When we think about the warfare that we are engaged in, the gospel equips us for the terrain that we are going to be going over. And understanding that we are equipped in that way brings about a level of peace. It brings about comfort, knowing that we are adequately prepared for the uneven terrain of life. It reminds us that the gospel was given to us for the purpose of bringing about peace in our lives. There are a lot of people trying to navigate terrain wearing the wrong shoes. And as a result, there's a lot of people slipping and falling and turning ankles all over the place. And it doesn't have to be that way. 
God has given us the gospel to equip us for the terrain that we're going to face in the battle that we are involved in. The second one there in verse number 16 is the shield of faith. When you think about faith, the first thing, at least for me, that comes to mind is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, there is a lot to that verse and a lot to understanding faith, but what that tells me is that faith is the foundation of my hope. It is where my hope resides. It is the the basis of who I am as a Christian. And as such, it only makes sense then that faith is called out as the thing that specifically protects us from the fiery darts of the devil. It is my foundation. It is my everything. It is what my hope resides in. And as such, it offers me a great deal of protection. Because temptation and evil will try to destroy us. But it is our faith that fends off those attacks. It is our faith that keeps us safe and secure within the arms of God. It is our faith that we can have confidence in. Because it is the substance of what I hope for. It is my everything as a Christian. That foundation wrapped up in this picture of a shield is so appropriate. Because no soldier would dare go to the battlefield without their shield. Without faith, we have nothing. Without faith, there's no reason for us to be here. It is the foundation of who we are. And as such, we have to always have it at the ready to defend off those attacks. Verse 17 brings us to the helmet of salvation. As I thought about what a helmet does for a soldier, there's a picture up on the screen behind me of one that I found online. Obviously, it's very decorative in the picture. But that helmet was really important to a soldier. To protect their head, to still allow them to be able to see and maneuver across a battlefield. They need that protection. They need that helmet. And no soldier would dare put on a helmet that they don't have any confidence in its ability to protect them. Otherwise, you might as well just throw on a baseball cap and go out onto the battlefield. But they would never do that because they have confidence that the helmet that they put on their head is able to protect them in the midst of battle. We have to have that same level of confidence in our salvation as Christians. Are you confident in your salvation? Do you act like you're confident in your salvation? Do you talk like you're confident in your salvation? 
Well, if your salvation is represented by a soldier who wears it as a helmet, we better be confident in it. Jesus says as much in John chapter 10. If you want to flip over there with me, listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 10, beginning in verse number 27. He says, "There, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. We better be confident in that salvation. We need to be confident that as God's, we are protected by Him. As God's, we are secure in Him. Jeremy had the illustration this morning where he hid behind the trees for a moment. I'm not going to go do that, but you can think about how he hid behind those trees as an illustration. And if he were to come out of there, come out of God's protection, that's when he became vulnerable. Listen, the very moment that we lose confidence in our salvation is when we become vulnerable. If we are God's, We are secure in him. You don't have to take my word for it. Take Jesus' word for it. That should change the way that we live. It should change the way that we talk. It should change the way that we act. It should change our priorities in life. Recognizing and understanding that we can have that level of confidence in our salvation. Confidence that says, I know on the field of battle that I am safe because I am God's. That's the helmet of salvation that Paul is talking about. That's the level of confidence that we need to have. And then lastly, there in verse number 17, is the sword of the Spirit. The way Paul describes it there in verse number 17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I want you to ask yourself just for a moment about what you would do if handed a sword tonight, a real sword, a big, heavy, sharp sword. And I told you, we're all about to go to battle. And here's your weapon, let's go. Now, I don't know who we'd be facing, but I'm just going to tell you all, I'm not going to have a whole lot of confidence in our army. (laughs) I'm looking around at a bunch of people that I'm guessing aren't highly trained with a sword. Now, I'm making some assumptions, maybe there are a few here who are. And if so, you'll be at the front of the line. But for most of us, myself included, I don't really have any experience using a sword. And as such, I would probably be just as likely to cut myself as I would someone that I was fighting. Well, now let me ask you this. Do you know how to use the Bible 
effectively and responsibly? Do you know how to use the word of God effectively and responsibly? I don't know how to use a physical sword very effectively nor responsibly. And therefore, I probably have no business going to battle holding one. The spiritual application is far more important than my silly illustration. Do you know how to use the Bible effectively and responsibly? And that is very different than can you quote scripture from the Bible? That is very different from do you know how the Bible is broken up and can you tell me where the different books are and tell me a little bit about each one? Those are two very different things. One is academic and it's important, don't get me wrong. But that's not what I'm asking you. That's not the question that I'm posing tonight. Because the Bible, the word of God, is our sword in battle. And therefore, we have a responsibility with it. We have a responsibility to understand it. We have a responsibility to train ourselves in it. We have a responsibility to spend time working through it so that it can be the weapon in the battle that's being described here. I want to take this maybe even one step further and make a very practical point of application for us this evening as parents, if you'll give me just a moment on that. As parents... We would not dare send our children into battle with a sword in their hand. We already talked about how dangerous it would be for me to go into battle with a sword in my hand. I'm definitely not about to give my seven-year-old daughter a sword and send her into battle. She's not ready for that. She's not equipped for that. As her parent, it is my job to train her. It is my job to teach her. It is my job to prepare her so that when she is old enough, when she is mature enough, then she is ready to effectively use the tools that have been provided to her. We have a huge responsibility as parents to make sure that before we send our children out into battle, we have prepared them We have trained them, and we have equipped them to use effectively the word of God. Please, parents, do not send your children into that battlefield unprepared. It is our responsibility as mature parents who hopefully are trained, who have prepared ourselves to use the scriptures effectively, to make sure that the next generation is before we send them out to the front lines. For for all of us, parents or not, we have a responsibility to make sure that we are prepared to use the scriptures effectively. There are far too many people, far too many people, that are throwing that sword around without the proper understanding of just how dangerous it can be.
when used appropriately, when used effectively, when used the way that God intended for it to be used, there is no greater tool at our disposal than the word of God. But just like a sword in the hands of an untrained person can be dangerous, the same is true with the scriptures. So we have a responsibility to use them effectively. Use them effectively in our lives and to train our children to use it effectively in their lives. You know, as we start to bring this to a close, we've had two lessons now today and really a series, as I mentioned at the beginning of the lesson, all about the war that we are engaged in and our role in it. When I think about Ephesians chapter 6 and and the importance of it as, as the Holy Spirit guided Paul as he wrote these things and explained them to us, it is so important that we recognize that the greatest armor that has ever been given is worthless if it's not put on. Jeremy talked extensively this morning about just how important it is to put on the whole armor of God in its entirety. This sword right here is not going to do you any good sitting on your coffee table. If you don't have confidence in your salvation as a child of God, you're going to be vulnerable. If your faith is shaky, the enemy is going to see that and he's going to come after you. If you have the wrong footwear on for the battle that you're fighting, you're at risk. We must be confident that we understand how to use the armor that has been provided to us. That we are daily, daily reminding ourselves of the need to be fully clothed in the armor that God has provided to us. And if we do that, if we do that, then we never have to live a day on this earth unsure of what eternity holds for us. Because God has given us everything that we need. He has sought to prepare us for every battle we may face. Every temptation that may come our way, he is preparing us for. Let's make sure, as Christians, that we are clothing ourselves in the way that God wants us to. And if you're here this evening and you're not a child of God... I want to ask you to think about where you stand in all of this. Much of what I've talked about this evening, much of what Jeremy was talking about this morning, is centered around and directed to a Christian. Paul is writing the letter to the Christians in Ephesus. If you aren't a Christian this evening, you're not even in the battle. You're not even in the battle because you don't have anything to defend. 
There, there is no salvation for you to defend. There is no hope for you to stand fast in. There is no eternity for you to look forward to. And as such, every time that we bring a lesson up here, we extend an invitation. An invitation to join us in the battle. An invitation to have your sins washed away in baptism. An invitation to be one of God's children, safe and secure in Him. An invitation to have hope that looks forward to a home in heaven. And an invitation to fight. An invitation to defend. An invitation to stand strong. Knowing, knowing that the enemy is going to try and take what you've got. And you look around this room tonight, we've got a family of brethren here who are ready and excited about helping each other in that battle. Now, I can't defend what's yours, just as you can't defend what's mine, but I can help you in that battle. I can encourage you to stand strong, and you can encourage me to stand strong. You can challenge me if you see me starting to leave some of my armor at home. And that's the beauty of the Lord's church. While we will stand before him on the day of judgment as individuals, we can fight together this side of eternity. And we can be there to help one another and support one another and encourage one another. So if you're here this evening and you are a Christian, but as you've thought about the battle that we're engaged in, maybe you've begun to realize that you don't have the confidence in your salvation that you should. Maybe you aren't experiencing the peace of the gospel the way that you should. Or maybe you're not standing fast any longer. Thanks be to God, he's given us an opportunity to return to him. He has been patient with us, long-suffering with us. He wants us to return to his safety, return to his care, and to experience that relationship with him that he created us to have. If there's anything tonight that we can do to help you, to encourage you, to pray for you, please come to the front and let us know as we stand and sing.